Hi. This is Talk Football with Billy. Now, uh, I've been trying to create this uh, podcast for a while now, and then uh, finally it's here. So, basically, what the podcast is about is me talking about uh, football generally. For now, so I'm talking about everything and uh, anything football. And uh, I'm trying to break down the analysis, the players start, and everything. So, hopefully, you will enjoy me in my next, next podcast. So, now, moving on. The first of I'll start with them, the Euro 2020 that is currently going on. Um, it has been interesting, really. And uh, you know a lot of uh, exciting matches and all. So I'll talk on the I'll talk on each group individually. Then I'll pick out my most uh, outstanding team, most disappointing, and uh, probably the best and the worst players of each group. Now for the for group A, we have Italy, Wales, Switzerland, and Turkey. Now initially. Um, Uh, everybody all thought that Turkey would be the black horse of the tournament per se, you know, due to their uh, due to their initial what was it called now? This is their initial performances before the Euros, you know. I think uh, they won uh, they won a game against France and also. And their striker Humans, he has been really excellent this past season at least. They also won the League One. So everybody actually thought that uh, they would put up a great performance. But alas, for the last Three matches, they've been totally poor and abysmal. So they are only able to record just one goal, and they've lost all their matches. They lost against Italy, Switzerland, and against Wales. I was actually really disappointed in them because I expected more from the team. But <laughs> I mean, football, football, football sometimes can be crazy. So the, the 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 table is as this actually. Italy is top in the group with nine points. They've qualified. And interesting fact, now there there's a lot of interesting things going on in Italy in Italian football right now. I mean, the balls and the everything is just so exciting. So they won all their games. The first team to do so in this um, Euro 2020, and also they won all their games without conceding any goal. Throughout the group stage, I mean that is bonkers. Um, um, very uh, solid attacking and defensive display from the Italian national team at every point in time. So also another interesting fact about Italy is that they played 1,000 minutes and more without conceding a goal. I mean, Mancini is doing a fantastic job at Italy. I'm actually very impressed with the caliber of players that they have. I Going into the Euros, I actually, I actually, I'm tipping. I will, let me say, I tipped Italy to win the Euros. So hopefully, the uh, my predictions will come to pass. But let's see. So and then now, like I said, they finished their group with uh, nine points, winning all the games. Also, another fact, Mancini has used all the players in the Italian national team. Crazy, right? So I mean, all the 26 or 25 players that came. They have all played at least a single minute in the European competition and they are the first team to do so in this tournament. So, reason being that the last time Mancini went to the World Cup with the Italian national team as a player, he was not featured at all, he didn't play at all. So, it was a regret to him. Now, because of that, he felt that all the players should play. 
So their last match he substituted Jalugi uh, Jonaroma for Sidibu Sabato. So I mean it's a very it's a very nice and uh, interesting gesture. So I'm really really impressed. In fact, my team of the tournament so far has been easy, and then uh, they have been so fantastic. The way they built up here from the back to the middle to the front. So from uh, and and also the the the, the the nice build-up between Insignia and Spinazzola on that left wing at every point in time is always electrifying. And Spinazzola is a very fantastic wing-back. I mean, they have been great so far this tournament. And they have electoral of midfielders that are really, really, very good. Chokinho, Locatelli, Dukolo Barella, Marco Verratti, Pessina. I mean, these guys are really great. And apart from them, I think Jorginho and Verratti Parella is about 24 and the Lucatelli is about 23. I'm not sure of personality. So the quality in that team is fantastic. And I really hope they go all the way. I'm keeping them to win the US. I really hope they go. Now uh, so Wales Wales, Wales are second in the group with um, four with four points, yes. And then Switzerland Switzerland are third. So as it is now group A, Italy and Wales have qualified automatically. Why Switzerland we are they are in third place so they can still qualify depending on the third teams depending on the third place teams in the rest of the other group. Now this is how it works. The first two teams in each group will qualify automatically for the knockout stage. Now the third place team, the best third place team will now qualify for this. So the best four third place teams. So we have six groups. Now out of that six groups, the best or that are number that are that their position is as, as number three who advance to the knockout stage. So I mean this is very crazy and it's interesting. So let's see what uh, now moving on group B we have Belgium, we have Russia, we have Denmark and we have um, Finland. Now uh, the Ericsson saga has kind of overshadowed the Euros a bit. They happened during their first match so while he was playing he just slumped and reports uh, reports that he, that he, he was down for about six seven seconds. So they had to use a two CPR for him, then uh, use the defibrillator. Or well, the football world is actually available. Everyone is happy that it's fine and it's okay now. It's stable. I mean, it's such a choice. But Denmark has been poor, and I think it is due to the fact that the incident that happened the first match is enough to. Enough to spoil anybody's feeling. I just can't imagine how 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 moody or how super the atmosphere in Denmark comes out of this match. But I really hope and then well, I don't think there's any hope for them. Or maybe there might be hope for them, I'm not sure. Because looking at the group now, Belgium is on six points, Russia is on three points, while Finland is on three points. Now the next match is between Denmark and Russia. So if Denmark should win their match by much by a very high goal difference, and Belgium beats Finland such that Finland has a very low goal difference, who knows? Maybe just maybe they will qualify. So I'm really happy for a miracle here, just uh, because of I mean I'm being sentimental about it just because of the uh, what is doing now, Ericsson. So. But I, I, I very much doubt it that they'll be able to break down that Russian side. And 
So moving on to Belgium, the top team place. I mean, Belgium is going to be Belgium at every point in time. But there's something that I think Didi are doing on Belgium. I don't think their defense is as solid as it used to be. Because if you look at the back line, they have Puyata, they have Alderweil, they have back to Vatogen. Uh, I think they also have Vermaelen. So their first match, I think Vatogen was replaced, if I'm not mistaken. So the back line isn't so assuring. Yes, the back line is, for me, the back line isn't so assuring. But the attack, oh boy, the attack is fantastic. Lukaku is just something. And I'm actually really impressed to see that Wozin and is getting his goals at every point in time for both Belgium and his club. I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy for him. Because, I mean, most people doubted him at the, when he was at Man U and the previous, his previous team, Everton. But I'm really happy that he's getting his goals now. People are starting to see how much quality he has. So that's for Group B. Now, moving on to Group C. We have Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia. Now, I think this group might just be the most interesting group so far because their matches, the matches that have been played in this group have been interesting. Now, the first match was Netherlands-Ukraine. Man, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was the best match during the first round of the games that were played. And it was bonkers. So, Netherlands took a two-goal lead. Then Ukraine equalized 2-2. The Netherlands now equal. The Netherlands took the lead back at 80-something or like 88 with a very dynamic with Don Fries there. I mean, it's fantastic. So the problem that I have with the Netherlands team is now they are trying to play a very high line. Now, the problem here is the high line is going to cause a defect on the defense, defense side. Now, I don't think their defense is so strong to handle the high line that they play at every point in time. But my outstanding players in the team so far have been John Fries, Depay, Wijnaldum, and Frankie Dijon. These four have been really, really instrumental for their wins this past, their last two matches. But I'm not so impressed with the striker, Wegaus. I mean, he's tall, he's huge, he commands a very much, he commands a bigger area, area presence. But I don't think he's the guy that Netherlands should. Use or the Netherlands should be looking for to get banking the goals for them moving on to the knockout stages. I like the look of Malin, he's a very good and young player. I hope he gets more playing time. So now, the group we have Netherlands, they are six points, Ukraine, they are three points, Austria, they are three points, North Macedonia, zero. So, as it is now, Netherlands and Ukraine, well, let me say, Netherlands have automatically qualified now. If North Macedonia gets a win, which I doubt it is ever going to happen, then you can say maybe okay, they have a they have a fighting chance. But I really don't see any fighting chance for them yet. Now the next group is group D. Now after I've finished discussing about each group, I will now talk of the talking points surrounding the heroes this past few matches. Now back to group D. Group D you have Czech Republic, England, Croatia and Scotland. Czech Republic, to me, this group they are impressive. This group is this group is this group is quality. But Croatia has been disappointing so far. I expected more from them. They've been totally disappointed. And uh, maybe they have hope because now this group is really interesting. And the reason why it's interesting is because the four teams are fighting for most a very important place. Now, the next match is Czech Republic versus England. 
now they are fighting for the top spot. As it is currently, Czech Republic are on four points, while England are on four points. But Czech Republic are at the top because of higher goal difference, while England are second. Now, this is a fight for the top place. Who will get the top place? I, I, I don't think I see England winning this match because so far in this tournament, they've been, they've been underwhelming. Yes, let me put it up. They've been underwhelming. Now, the, uh, the plethora of attackers that they have have not really reflected much on the performances that, that you would expect from them. They have Sancho, Fulton, Sterling, Hurricane, Rashford, Grealish. I mean, they have a whole lot of attackers in the mount. So you would expect that they will have linked up the whole tournament. But they've been underwhelming so far. And I think the reason is being that um, I don't really see Gareth Southgate as, as, as the guy to take England to the next level, or as they used to say over there, as the guy that will, that, that, that will bring the trophy home. They used to say that it's coming home. I mean, I really doubt it. I don't think it's coming home to England this time around because they've been underwhelming so far. But my player of the team so far for England has been Tyron Mix. Tyron Mix has been outstanding. He has controlled his player presence, he has made tackles, he has made interceptions, important interceptions. Tyron Mix, number one for me, the England team, while Calvin Phillips. Oh boy, Calvin Phillips is. He has been great. His assists for the first game to Sterling just shows how good that, that life really is. He has, been, he has been totally, totally outstanding. And uh, well, Harry Kane, I don't know what's going on with Harry Kane this tournament. I mean, like I said earlier, the old attackers of England, they haven't lit up the tournament as we expect. And Harry Kane is probably the number one person that I would hold. He has been peaceful. I mean, he has been so poor that uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't expect this from him. But hopefully, they turn up against Czech Republic and then maybe when they get to the knockout stages, we'll see more of this guy. And also, I, I would expect Gareth Southgate to start considering using Sancho more. Because, I mean, these guys... So, now, the thing is, Maybe these guys don't watch these other things, these other players that play that play in other leagues, like let's say Bundesliga, Serie So they see the Premier League as the holy grail of football. Jason Sancho has been impressive so far for Bundesliga. I, mean, I don't know why this guy is not getting his time. Use him. That's why he brought him to the tournament. Use him. Even if it's say 20 minutes, 25 minutes, but I think he should get much more money than that. Use him. So I hopefully Gareth Southgate does something about this and then turns out fine. Now also uh, Scotland, well, uh, there's really nothing so good to expect from Scotland, but they really got a nice draw against England. They were solid, yeah, they were totally solid. And then Scott McTominay was impressive, Robertson was impressive, uh, McGinn, he has been impressive for Scotland. So hopefully, so I'm just looking forward to the match against Scotland. I'm just looking forward to the match between Scotland and Croatia. It's going to be podcast because both of them will be fighting for qualifying spot. We'll see how that pans out. Now, Group E, we have Sweden, Slovakia, Spain, and Angola. Spain, Espana. They have been the most to me this tournament. I I, I can't seem to pick either Croatia or Spain, but I think Spain trumps it. They have been the most disappointing team so far. Now, mind you, they've not lost any game. 
Also, they've not won any game. Their first game, they drew 0-0. The second game, they drew 1-1. Now, huge part of my blame goes to Luis Enrique. Because uh, I don't see why you bring in players that are not in form for players that have been, that have, that have been forecasted. Let's, let's say, for example, Pablo Sarabia. Pablo Sarabia has been. I can't remember the last time Pablo Sarabia had a very good game for PSG. He has been peaceful. And he left this man for Iago Aspas, who has always delivered for Sepapiko at every point in time. I mean, sometimes these coaches just make you wonder how they become coaches. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Sarabia should not be playing for Spain. Also, the first match, I, I, I felt he should have started Moreno. And we also what Moreno added to the team the second, the second match. Even though he did miss a penalty, I mean, everybody did miss a penalty here and now. But we also what he added to the right side of the attack on the screen. He was able to cut him, unlike the other attackers that were there before. And uh, Ferran Torres has been, mm, well, he has been poor, to say the least. And, uh, so, but my best player in the Spanish team so far has been Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba has been for the Spanish team. He has been creating chances or chances, moving up, attacking. Now, the interesting thing about this tournament is for the the, the, the thing that has the most expected goals, we call it XG, as in Spain actually. They have expected goals of about 5.5.6 or 5.5. Now, guess how many goals they have? They have just one. To show you that actually they are creating those chances, but they just can't seem to put those chances to now you have the likes of Morata, the likes of Ferran uh, Torres, the likes of Daniomo, just keep wasting chances of the chances now. Well, hopefully um, Enrique finds a solution to this. I I because I'm actually rooting for Spain. I mean Spain. I, I want them to go far, but it looks like uh, <laughs> they're not going to go far with the way the attackers are behaving. The next match, I think we should be starting either Adamastra or or Mikel or Yazaba. Now, those two had a whole loss to the attack. Or, if he doesn't want to start either of those two, it would be better to me if he used Asuliqueta as the right back and then push up Marcos Lorente up to the attack. Because I feel Marcos Lorente has much more to offer in the attacking field than just using, than limiting his ability to drive back. Even though, even though, when they set up, now, tactically, when they set up, when they start playing, Marcos Lorente actually plays up high of the pitch. Then Koke comes down to the middle of the park at the right hand side to cover for him. While um, Laporte stays at so Laporte, Paul Torres, and Rodri now kind of creates a three man back line. But I actually think Lorente should be playing more on the attacking side. So that's that's my that's that for, for Spain. And Sweden, Sweden, so for group E, Sweden are topping the table. It's four points. Slovakia, 3 points. Spain, 2 points. Poland, 1 point. So, looks like this group is also going down to the wire for who will qualify, for the three teams that will qualify. Now, Group F, which is kind of the group of death. You have France, 4 points. Germany, 3 points. Portugal, 3 points. Hungary, 1 point. Well, we all expected Hungary to be ready. Yeah, I mean. So, now, Let's analyze critically what's going on between these three top teams, France, Germany, and Portugal. France, traditionally, or let's say since 2018, they've been solid. Solid in the sense that they rarely concede goals and 
the attackers just do the job. If they see about two chances, they bury it. They bury one out of the two. If they see five, probably they bury two, they bury one, who knows what. The attackers, most times, more often than not, are always efficient. And their back line, more often than not, they are always solid. They are a very compact side. Now, this is my problem. I think Didier Dijon already has what, what was working for him during the 2018 World Cup, which is using Giroud, Mbappe and Griezmann in a way that now, when they, when they attack, Giroud tends to hold up the play and now free up space in between for Mbappe and Griezmann to run into. Now, I don't think Benzema is offering that. I mean, I feel Benzema is better than Giroud. No, no. Let's get that, let's get that right now. I, I, I feel Benzema is better than Giroud. But now, what he adds to the French national team is quite different from what Giroud adds. Giroud also play in such a way that Mbappe has spaces and channels to run into. Griezmann also has these spaces and channels to run into. But with Benzema, I mean, I don't really see it that much. Benzema tends to come out, play as the number 10 rule. Now, he, 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 instead of holding up the play, he himself wants to push the attack. So you have two people that want to push the attack. You have, like, you have the Benzema and you have Griezmann. So Griezmann comes to the middle, he takes the ball, he carries it. Benzema does the same thing. But the difference between Benzema and Giroud is when, Benzema, when Giroud comes to collect the ball, he holds the ball, then he releases the ball to anybody that is in space. So I think that's what France probably, maybe that's what they are lacking. And also this Ula um, Balo that is going on in the French national team, the camp, that the Mbappe is not passing to Giroud. I think all this is just this affects the French national team. I think they should put all this aside and just set to and focus on the other. That's for French, for France. Now, Germany. Well, Germany. So, their last game against Portugal was really, really good. I mean, this was intense. Everybody played their part so well. The first match against France, I actually thought they played well, but they were not efficient. Now, this is my problem with the German national team. Currently now, they are not as efficient as they used to be. Now, they scored four goals against Portugal, yes. But I think that Portugal's defense was really peaceful against Germany. Semedo was terrible. I mean, Gosens had a few days against them. Semedo was totally terrible. So, uh, now, I'm not I'm not undermining what Germany did against them. I'm not undermining the, 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 the way they played against Germany. Against Germany rather. But all I'm saying is, I think the attackers need to be much more efficient. And I also feel that Sergi Nabri should be playing from the wings instead of through the middle. But if the coach thinks that that's the best position to use it well, all well and good. And it uh, looks like it's working out for him. And uh, so the style that they use is 3 for 3. Now, we have Rudigal, Martinez, and uh, who is it? Who is it? And Anya uh, and Chilta at the three back line. Now, you have a midfield of Kuz and Gondwan. Then you have Kimmich playing as a wing back and you have Kuzes playing as a wing back. Now, the first match, I thought Kimmich's abilities was limited to the position. He was, I thought Kimmich's abilities was actually limited because of the position where he played. He played as a wing back. Now, Kimmich, to me, is much more better when you use him as a midfielder. That's where, he, that's, that, that's, where, that's where he's much more efficient as a player. But he actually did have a very nice game against um, against Portugal when he played as a wing back. So maybe who knows? Maybe he started to go well for Germany. For Germany. And the attackers, you have Mula, Avat, and 
in Abu. So what they do is the theory of death interchange. So when Mullah is at the middle, Mullah drops down to, to receive the ball, such that creating a space for Ginabi and Abbas to enter in between the two central defenders that you have. So when they when they build up their play, let's say they move the ball to the wing through Kimik or through Gozet. Now Mullah kind of draws back. By drawing back, it takes either an either a defender or a midfielder with him. Now, him doing that creates a space in between the defense line, which Avat and Kimi, which Avat and Ginabi rather run into. Now, when Avat and Ginabi run into that space, if the ball is at the right wing, it goes in. Kimi moves up the pitch. So you have a situation whereby you now have four attackers for Chabi. You have Avat, Ginabi, Kimi and Mula directly behind them, trying to draw out the player and create space. So that was the, that was the game plan against Portugal and it worked out absolutely well. This was really, really perfect. So hopefully they, they get it going. For Portugal, their defense was really poor against against Germany. Their defense was totally, totally poor. Hopefully the uh, hopefully their coach fixes up and I don't know why he keeps using Danilo and William Cavallo. I thought you should use either of Danilo and Renato Sanchez or Danilo and Joao Moutinho or maybe she just start using Joao Felix. I mean, this coach is sometimes, you just see now you wonder why they do, why they make the decision that they make. So hopefully Portugal sits up. Now, the next match is France versus Portugal and Germany versus Hungary. So we see what this group has in support. Now, for the talking points, the highest goal scorer in the Euros, you have Ronaldo with three goals, you have Patrick Chick with three goals, you have Yamoleko with two goals, and Chile Mobile with two goals. The highest assist provider, you have Steven Zuba of Switzerland with three assists, and Gareth Bale of Wales with two assists. And the Patrick Chick is playing for Czech Republic, so he has three goals presently. And also, um, Krajkova for Poland was the first person to receive red card in this tournament. And the uh, Ampandu also received his own red card the last match, while Billy Gilmore has suffered COVID-19, so he won't be able to play um, Scotland's next match. And I actually feel really sorry for him because he was totally immense against England. I mean, he had a really nice game. Hopefully, he gets back stronger. And then uh, Dembele also, I mean, he just can't help himself. At this point, I'm feeling so sad and so sorry for him. He has got an injury again, so he won't be able to continue the tournament with France. His Euro journey is over. Now, this this is what I have for Euro 2020. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it. Now, let me just talk briefly on Copa America. So, for Copa America, you have two groups of five teams each. Now, the first group, you have Argentina with four points, Chile with four points, Paraguay three points, Uruguay. Uruguay zero points. Uruguay one. I think Uruguay should have three points. Why Bolivia zero points? Now for Group B, Brazil 6 points, Colombia 4 points, Peru 3 points, Venezuela 2 points, and Ecuador 1 point. Now, obviously, the two top teams in this tournament is Argentina and Brazil. And they have been the best team so far in this tournament. So, we see how this pans out. I mean, Copa America is it's actually very interesting. It's just that the, the issue that I have with them is the number of fouls that they commit during the match. Oh my goodness. Every five five minutes, there must always be foul considered for my team. It's crazy the way they play there. 
But uh, so well, Argentina have been Argentina have been have been pretty good so far. I think um, I think they actually build up quite well from the back to the attack. But where they are having problems or where they are having issues is their attack. They are not as efficient as they are supposed to be. Now they might they might get away with it in this group stage. But when it gets to the qualifying stage, which is the crunch time, I I don't think they will get away with it. So the attacker has to be much more efficient. And their defense so far has been pretty good, they've been solid. Rodrigo De Paul and Messi have been my player of the team so far. Rodrigo De Paul and Messi. Rodrigo De Paul has been immense. He's like a horse, man. The man can walk and he's absolutely good with the ball at his feet. We just got a report that um, he has, he will be signing for Atletico Madrid for a fee of 35 million euros. So, a very good signing for Diego Simeone. Who looks like Rodrigo De Paul is the kind of player that mirrors the way he wants to play. So hopefully it works out well for him. Now for Group B, you have Brazil, Colombia, Peru, Venezuela and Ecuador. Obviously, Brazil is the better team among the rest in this group. Now, Neymar, Benemes, Casemiro, Fred and all that. So, let's see how this pans out. Well, uh, now for the goal scored in the Copa America, you have Romero of Paraguay with two goals and Neymar with two goals. Assist, you have the highest assist is just one, Castillo and the rest. So now this um, brings me to the end of my podcast today. So I just we did a quick recap on the Euro, the matches that have been played, and also Copa America. I hope we, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And, uh, I'm looking forward to you guys talking to you guys again in the next episode. So the next episode will be coming out very soon. So please watch out for this. Thank you and peace out.